Let's go. I sell products, not advertising. This monkey business is in your blood, under your skin. You're getting out, you're just getting in, you're only getting started. People will think what I tell them to think. Oh, have I got your attention now? You have part of my attention, you have the minimum amount. This guy's got the right idea. Why don't we begin? Welcome back or welcome to another episode of Pod Sessions with me, your host, Mitch Fanning. For those listening for the first time in this biweekly podcast, the goal is to have meaningful conversations with interesting people covering a variety of topics, including marketing, business, and personal growth. I've dubbed this episode and future episodes like it, the hallway conversation, because it just felt like one of those casual conversations you or I might have with a peer or colleague in the office. And in this case, I had another conversation with Debbie Kakish, principal and chief strategy officer at the Pedowitz Group, a revenue marketing firm that helps B2B companies transform their marketing from a cost center into a revenue center. And in it, we discussed the topic of marketing enablement, which is an emerging marketing function. And specifically, we discussed what it is and how it could be used to help B2B companies align marketing and sales to drive revenue growth. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with Debbie, she's a nationally recognized thought leader when it comes to the topic of revenue marketing with more than 35 years of experience. She's also the author of the seminal book, The Rise of the Revenue Marketer. And since Debbie coined the term revenue marketer back in 2011, she's considered by many to be the original revenue marketer. I really hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now have visual on target. Okay, well, Debbie, welcome back. Thank you, Mitch. First off, obviously, thank you for your time. What I want to do is I kind of want to set the stage for the people listening right now because last week we had a really interesting conversation. It was one of our prep calls, and you know, we were kind of just polishing up or and, and even kind of just finalizing what what we wanted to talk about today. And you had some ideas and I had some ideas and you had asked me to go first. And I had said, well, you know, I I felt like one of the things that that marketing leaders are still kind of struggling with in terms of adopting revenue marketing is that idea of being able to, quote unquote, sell the vision. I mean, obviously to even operationalize it, but even just getting over that, that first hump. And that kind of led us into kind of the conversation around education and training. And, and really it's, it's interesting because at a time when us, you know, marketing leaders and, and marketing teams are being asked to, you know, do things that we've never done before and just kind of, it's assumed that we're, we're going to figure it out. And, and then on the other hand, when it comes to training, I was just doing some research and it's, it was actually interesting that marketing teams and and marketing organizations actually spend the least amount of money on training uh, when compared to their counterparts, which is actually five days or less. And we all know, Debbie, that that's probably us going to conferences or just us being self-taught. And so that obviously led us to the the idea or or the theme of enablement. And, uh, and, and specifically marketing enablement, which is what we're going to talk about today, which obviously is different than sales enablement, again, which we're going to talk about. So I thought before we kind of get into the conversation around marketing enablement and, and kind of why it's important and, and really why now, we just start with a quick overview of revenue marketing. Sure, I'd be very happy to, as anybody who knows me knows that revenue marketing is probably my single most favorite 
topic to talk about. And the phrase revenue marketing is one that I coined way back in 2010. And at the time, I was looking at a big change in marketing because of technology. And since then, I think there's probably three things about revenue marketing that people need to know. First of all, it is the process of transforming marketing from being a straight-up cost center, the thing that keeps your CFO up at night, to a revenue center and a growth driver of the organization. It also is that thing that when you are a revenue marketing organization, it really gives the CMO a seat at the table because he or she is now showing up not to talk about how much money they spent, but to talk about their impact on the organization. So it is something that I think 80, 85% of all CMOs feel a great deal of pressure to deliver, yet only about a third actually show any long-term financial results. So there's still a very, very big gap there. Um, and um, actually, that's what I'm doing my thesis on for my PhD. But that's what revenue marketing is. It's actually interesting. I was doing some research and actually having conversation with the authors of The 12 Powers of a Marketing Leader, Thomas Barta and Patrick Barwise. And one of the things I had kind of uncovered was the fact that although delivering revenue and returns was actually one of their top powers, uh, one of the top powers, number uh, two of 12, one, uh, in terms of making an impact in business, it actually fell almost lower uh, when it came to impacting their career success. So I actually reached out and had a conversation. But what was interesting was it's not that it necessarily uh, doesn't have an impact, but one of the things that's interesting is not only do you have to deliver returns, but you have to almost the perception of uh, having other people see you do that is a big part of career success. That kind of leads us to marketing enablement in because I think part of it is that we're not as marketers. We want to, we want to, and we are, we can in some cases show that we're bringing in revenue and returns, but we're, we're not doing a good job in, in keeping up with how we're actually communicating uh, that to our colleagues or even keeping up with, the, you know, how we're going about improving those processes. And that kind of leads us to marketing enablement. So let's get into marketing enablement, which is actually something that you wrote about uh, on Medium in your article, I just, I think it was just a few days ago, uh, what is marketing enablement and why you need it. So what is marketing enablement in your, in your mind and why is it required and what are some of the benefits and really the big question, why now? You know, and you're right. Every time you and I get together, we can't help but keep brainstorming around these ideas, these, these new things that are affecting marketing right now. Before I answer that question, I want to talk about the 12 powers of a marketing leader and how revenue was number two. And then I think it gets back to why a company hires a CMO. So if you have an executive committee and a board and they hire a CMO because they need a new website, they need new messaging, they need new positioning, and they do that, then they are successful. I've seen CMOs come into organizations who were hired to do that 
but also who were revenue marketing leaders and just completely and totally upset the apple cart because the perception of marketing is still widely held that marketing is the pins and mugs department that make it pretty department and they are the cost center of the organization. So I just kind of wanted to circle back to that and how that relates to marketing enablement is um, I think once a company recognizes that marketing is the 21st century way to grow an organization and it's all because of technology and it's all because of digital behaviors and how people respond and interact with all these different digital technologies. Once a company recognizes that, then logically, the next thing that they need to think about is, how am I going to enable this marketing enterprise, which is now a revenue and growth driver for an organization? And I started thinking about that a couple of weeks ago, and you're right, I just published an article in AMA on it, because my background is sales. For many years, I, I, I carried a sales bag. I was a broker for Merrill Lynch. And then for a number of years, I was a national international sales VP. So I know what that sales enablement journey looks like. And as I began to reflect on how marketing is now becoming a revenue and growth driver for the organization, I thought, why isn't there a very dedicated, proactive capability within marketing or within a company that fully enables marketing, just like there is a sales enablement capability that enables sales? So as I began to think about that, I thought about a couple of things. First, I think that if when you think about marketing enablement, you have to consider that it's an organizational capability. And I'm always very big on this. An organizational capability means this. If one person in marketing leaves, the capability doesn't walk out the door. The capability is inherent in all the processes and all the systems that you have put into place. It's really a bundle of people, process, and technology. So my Working definition for marketing enablement, because I, again, I just started pondering this, you know, in the last month. Um, I say the charter of a marketing enablement function is to enable the execution of marketing strategy through a holistic training and knowledge acquisition structure. And that part's important because there is nothing like that for 99.9% .9 of the organizations today. Through identification and execution of cross-functional processes, marketing enablement is a cross-functional uh, set of processes, and development of an optimized MarTech stack in order to drive the stated business results. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but this is a fairly sophisticated function if a company were to have it in their organization. Take a look at sales enablement, for example. You know, and again, uh, I go back to the day, I, I was a VP of sales when CRM was just coming into being, and we used to call it Salesforce Automation. And so I've been through that entire history of sales not working with any technology, sales working with technology, and technology changing selling behavior, and then building those sales enablement tools and skills through digital means that further aided sales in their pursuit of business. So while sales already had a sales enablement structure and 
the reason they already had a sales enablement structure is because they're the revenue generating piece of the company. So it made sense to right. make sure they kept doing their jobs. When CRM came in, then it began to take that technology flavor. And I see marketing enablement going through a similar cycle. Now that marketing is responsible for revenue and growth, it should have a marketing enablement function similar to what it exists in sales today. And it should affect the things that I just talked about in the definition of marketing enablement. You know, as you're talking, you know, there's a couple of things that I, I had thought of. Number one, I, I too, throughout my career, have been involved in sales. And so I've always really understood that at the end of the day, sales is key. And, and, and when you're doing marketing, it has to lead to revenue. And for, for me, on the flip side, when I started to lead marketing teams, I have a huge interest in personal growth and professional growth. So almost without calling it marketing enablement, every quarter in their OKRs, which was a, a way of just keeping track of their, their goals and key objectives for the team and, and to remain accountable, I made sure that one of their objectives was was some type of training, you know, something that they would learn to kind of help them build their skills. And it's kind of the first step is to really start looking at the training. So I think it's key there that, you know, as we move into this evolution, and I almost think it's, you know, on the S curve, it's starting to take a little bit more mass adoption you know, moving marketing from a, a cost center to a revenue center, you know, and depending on the size of the organization, of course, marketing enablement really needs to kind of become its own function with, you know, perhaps depending on, on how you structure your teams, but it could be uh, kind of integrated within, within operations. One of the things that I liked about your article was it was a quote, it's the glue that kind of makes it all work from going to cost center to a revenue center or being more, you know, customer centric. And I do like the fact, you know, I, I, I had to kind of chuckle because I'm very similar. You kind of uh, made the reference to a Chinese proverb that the beginning of wisdom is to call things by their right names. And I, I kind of like to, to really hone things down into their essence uh, in terms of how to define certain things before you kind of move in and whether that's objectives or just, just terms. So I think the interesting thing though, is how does this compare to uh, sales enablement? Again, I think there are, I think they're very parallel. I think they come at it in two different ways. I mean, if you think about the history of sales enablement, you know, in the early days before we had a lot of technology, sales enablement was all about training and it was all about coaching. Today, sales enablement has a large technology factor in it so that sales enablement teams today not only coach skills and train on skills, but they also enable salespeople to use the latest technologies that help them close more business. And there's all kinds of technologies. As a matter of fact, last year at MarTech, uh, Scott Brinker's large Lumascape, one of the fastest growing areas of technologies was the sales enablement technology sector. So that's kind of how sales has approached this. 
marketing is coming at it from the technology enabling it to begin with. And so whereas sales was training, coaching, and then technology, we're the other way around in marketing. Marketing is all about the technology is what's enabling and driving the ability for marketers to have revenue accountability. And that technology is changing their job, changing what they're responsible for. And then we're adding, we should be adding the training and the education and the coaching on top of that with the recognition that you're not creating a marketing enablement team. So marketing can, you know, be the make it pretty department, but you're creating a marketing enablement team that helps marketing improve their performance around driving revenue and growth. So, you know, sales was all about the training, coaching technology, and marketing is starting with the technology, and now we're adding the training and the coaching to it. So similar, same pieces, but kind of where they are in the history and how they, you know, began to use those pieces was a little bit different between the two. Yeah, and I think what you're seeing now is a centralization of the objectives. So in other words, the enablement piece really is to drive more sales or increase sales velocity. And and the enablement is becoming sales and marketing enablement to do that, to achieve that goal. And it's funny because, you know, as you were talking, I was reminded of a, a Forbes article a few days back that Kimberly Whitler had actually written called The New Customer Journey Maze. And, you know, she kind of mentioned that that the journey is is no longer linear. It's really a maze. Now, we all kind of know that. But, w- you know, one thing that she had mentioned was the, the fact that the marketing and sales team should, in some cases, be one function. And that joint uh, organization needs to move from sales enablement to customer enablement. Now, she had kind of used the word customer enablement to kind of centralize. But I had a kind of a, a quick conversation through LinkedIn with her. And the idea is just really it's it's, you know, in her mind, it was the fact that customer enablement was really just a balanced and integrated approach that is centered around the customer uh, versus just marketing, you know, really being there to help sales. It's really the, you know, again, the key here is that it's an integrated approach that focuses on both functions driving to that one north star, which is to drive revenue and and, and returns, uh, and and you know obviously to 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 have a better customer experience. So you know what, Mitch, we're already seeing that. So I'll give you an example. So um, last year, I began writing about what I call the SMOPS organization, and that's when sales and marketing operations combine. And there's one company in particular, uh, the director there is Alex Samos, and the name of the company is Cisco. It's the S-Y-S-C-O, I think. It's the food company. And what they have done is they have taken the sales operations and the marketing operations, and that organization reports into Mitch, and Mitch reports up to the basically the COO of the organization. And the reason they did that was so that they could have a customer-centric operation that responds to their customers holistically. So we are seeing those moves. Um, Again, I I probably wrote, you know, six or seven articles on that last year. And it's all about 
the only thing that will really unify sales and marketing is the customer. So when you put the customer at the center and then stand back and say, how do I need to organize my organization and what are the roles and responsibilities, you just turn everything around and you get a very, very different view. And in that context, you know, when you talk about enablement, you're right. Sales and marketing is now, quote unquote, the revenue and the growth team. And so you'd be taking a look at a more holistic, combined enablement set of practices. This all being said, you know, we still kind of have to talk about how this plays into the operation side. How does this play into how this kind of works with marketing operations? That's a great question and one that I have given some thought to. And here's what I'll say. It's, a, it's still the wild, wild west days of how organizational structures are going to shake out because capabilities are still being learned across organizations. I would say that the marketing operation function has risen to prominence in the last two years really as a result of just a really big hole in marketing capabilities around technology, around analytics, and around data. And as I've seen marketing operations grow in, in, so they could fill that gap in capabilities, I've also seen marketing operations take on more strategic roles in the company. And again, I've got a whole... Um, maturity model for marketing operations organization that goes from, oh, I have somebody who once in a while touches our marketing automation system to what I call the truly strategic and integrated marketing ops that really is centralized around the customer. But I think that as they were filling that gap, they began to serve a marketing enablement capability. And so as a marketing ops organization, what they enabled for marketing was how do you use data and how do you use technology and how do we improve our processes so that we can achieve the marketing goals of revenue and growth. I also see some marketing operations organizations even taking on a higher level role across marketing for example, being responsible for the budgeting process or the continuous improvement process. However, if I were to paint the picture of a perfect world, I think that the marketing enablement capability would be its own function reporting directly to the CMO, and they would have a much bigger picture of what to enable than the typical charter for a marketing operations group. So I think that the marketing enablement team reporting to the CMO has to look at every element of marketing, identify the gaps, and then fill those gaps through training, coaching, technology, services. And so I think that if it were its own independent structure, again, we're talking about perfect world, it would be an independent structure because they have plenty to do. Um, and, of course, they would work closely with marketing operations. Realistically, I'm not sure I see it even starting in the MO group. And, and I'll tell you why. Because this other part of the training and education that sales enablement does so well is so absent. 
And so how do you train somebody on marketing skills, how to write an email, how to create relationships with sales, how to you know, create landing pages? So because of that huge training and education element, you know, I wouldn't see marketing enablement being part of marketing operations, but marketing operations would probably be like uh, a university chair sitting within, you know, their marketing enablement university, so to speak. So, you know, Mitch, and you and I talked about this last time. I, I don't care who's got what, as long as they're doing something, because very little is happening to really enable marketing so they can do their job. Yeah, and I like the the term that you use, continuous improvement, uh, because that's been my ethos as well. And, and so, where would you say the first step is, or what is the first step uh, if somebody hasn't even considered this, or they've had it in an informal structure like I did with my team? What would you say that first step is in terms of just starting down this path? Well got to do discovery. You need to understand what you have and you need to understand where you need to go, right? So Mm -hmm. if you don't have a view for where you want to be in one, two, or three years, you're just not ever going to get there. So of course, the first thing would be to create the vision for what you need to be and then take a look at your gaps and be able to fill those gaps. I think that what's going to happen is I think that marketing enablement will be a distributed capability. So what I mean by that is marketing ops already is bringing, is already enabling marketing with new capabilities through how they use technology and how they use data and even how they improve core processes uh, and then applying, you know, technology and data to those processes. So that certainly is an element of marketing enablement. So from a distributed capability point of view, it could remain there. Then what you could do is I would take a look at the skills. What skills do you need on your entire marketing team? Where are the gaps and how will you fill those gaps? And again, you and I talked about this. There are so few companies who take any kind of holistic approach to training marketing. It truly blows my mind every single day. You know, a marketer is only as good as the last conference they went to. So if I'm a CMO and I'm sitting here taking a look at my organization, the first thing that I'd want to do, and again, if I'm a revenue marketer, I really want to build out the idea of a revenue marketing university. And if my organization is now driving or responsible for revenue, let's take a look at the skills I have. Let's take a look at the gap and then put together my own curriculum and certify my marketers through that curriculum. And your curriculum could be part, you created it, and it could be part third-party content. It doesn't matter. What matters is that just like sales has to have sales training and they've got specific skills and they practice, 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 and there's no holes in those skill sets, the same thing should be true for marketing. So I think one of the first places to begin would be to take a look at the training and education requirements of marketing and then continue to let marketing operations help enable the team through technology and data and process. I think you're uh, 100% on point. So 
I think that's that's a great place to end, and and uh, I think that's all the time we have. Thanks again. This has been great. Always a pleasure, Mitch. And I just love um, talking about these ideas, and then hopefully our conversation helps someone else get some ideas and also take some practical action. So thank you so much. So where can people find out more about what you're up to right now? You can email me, Debbie, at pedowitzgroup.com. You can go take a look at my LinkedIn profile, and I'm happy to chat with anyone. Okay, perfect. All right, that's it. That's all. Thanks, Mitch. Well, that's it for this session. For those of you who made it this far, thank you so much. Quick reminder, the show notes will be available on my website at mitchellfanning.com. And at this stage of the game, I really only have two small requests. Number one, I'd really love to get your feedback. And you can do that by either going to iTunes and leaving a review or contacting me via email or social. Just use the hashtag MitchCast. Again, all of this can be found on my website. Because like I said before, it's really going to be your feedback that's going to give me the oxygen to keep me going in the early stages and to improve the show. Because ultimately, I want this to be something that you'll also get value from. Last but not least, if you know somebody who might be interested in being a guest on the show, please reach out and let me know as well. That's it. That's all. Until next time, thank you so much.